about his dream. Everyone say his dream. Say his purpose. And God, a while back, gave me four keys for us to walk in his dream. And there's four keys. Anybody remember them? One is prayer. His people would be praying to him. Second one was the outpouring of his spirit. We would be a place where his spirit could be poured out. And the third was making disciples. And that is the great commission. Are you investing in somebody's life? If you're not, not because Pastor Tim asked you to, but God has called you to. Um, I'll move on from that. Uh, <laughs> okay, red balloon. And then the fourth one is worship. I think you were There have been thousands of messages preached about worship. And a lot of them are going to be better but as I began to ask God what He wanted us to know about worship, He answered me very clearly. And as I was studying this out, I came across something concerning worship written by C.S. Lewis. And he wrote this. He said, I think we delight to praise what we enjoy because the praise not merely expresses, but completes the enjoyment. It is its appointed consummation that we praise. He goes on and he says, it is not out of compliment that a husband keeps on telling his wife how beautiful she is. It's not out of compliment that he does that. It is the delight is incomplete until it is expressed. That's pretty good. The delight, her beauty, is not truly complete until her husband expresses it vocally and actively. He goes on, he says, in other words, genuine heartfelt praise is not artificially added to joy. It is the consummation of joy itself. The joy we have in something beautiful or precious is not complete until it is expressed in some kind of praise. That would mean that if we take So, what he's saying is your relationship with God is not complete until Christ is present. Your relationship with God, worship, consummates our relationship with God. That's what it does. The same way in a marriage between a husband and a wife, and they go through the ceremony. And they give 
vow, and they vow to do this, and they vow to do that, and that's all well and good and needed. But there comes a point where the ceremony and the vows must be consummated. And it's through the act of intimacy with one another that those vows are Because the intimacy of personal worship heals and completes. It grasps it. Nothing else completes it. Or in the Bible, in the 90s, or the Fourth Ages, we go into this very subject. Talking to our It is the overwhelming and overflowing of joy that we feel while in a loving relationship with Jesus that must be expressed. And when we begin to express what is overflowing in our lives, anybody feel the overflowing joy of being in His love? Amen. Anybody ever feel the overflowing goodness of His mercy? And the overflowing power of His grace. Anybody ever feel that? When you feel that overflowing, and you can be driving down the road, you can be at work or at home, and, and, and it just gets so much, and it's that cup flowing over and bubbling over. You just have to express it. And, oh, thank you, Jesus, for your goodness. Thank you, Lord, for your mercy. Thank you, Lord, for what you have done in my life. Feel that overflowing, and you express that. That is what he desires. I'm going to say something. What we do in here, what we just spent 23 hours, about 30 minutes. Only a portion of this. But if what we do in here is your only worship, there are dimensions of God you will never understand. If this is the only worship when we're singing and clapping our hands and lifting our hands, if this is the only worship you ever do, limiting God's power and revelation and operation in your life. Because this is only a portion of worship. 
John is the most famous worship message first prophet. John 4, 23 says, Our coming is talking to the lady of the woman as well. The hour is coming and now it's here. And true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. He says, For the Father is seeking is searching. The Father is seeking such people to worship Our Heavenly Father is seeking a people who will truly worship Him, not because of the to tell Him how great He is. I don't worship Him because of me. I worship Him out of a feeling Overflows from a life and heart that is abundantly blessed. That's where my worship comes from. Not because he needs it, but because he's been good. And because his goodness is greater than what I can imagine. And his goodness is greater than what I can contain. It just flows out of my life. And as it flows out of my life, I've got to express it. And I've got to tell people about it. And I've got to tell him about it. That's where worship is. Worship isn't a duty. Worship is a result of a life overflowing. The problem is we have a lot of lives overflowing, but not with the joy of the Lord. and bubbles over with the joy of the Lord, but it is full of the joy of the Lord and the joy of His Spirit for pain in Him. And so if there's not an outpouring, then there will be an overflow. Let me say that again. If there's not an outpouring in my life, if His Spirit isn't filled me up, then there will not be an overflowing of joy. Hallelujah. So that's and this is what this is what it does. It, as as I am feeling that overflowing of the joy. What is something that you or maybe Overflowing with the joy of the Lord, 
because of how faithful you are and how good you have been. You see, the only reason that we pay more attention to this job than we do our job is that if all we ever focus on is our problems, our life is going to overflow with joy. If all we ever do is focus on how broke we are and, and how sick we are and how much trouble we have in our life, the only thing that's going to overflow is, is disgust and frustration and bitterness and anger and, and temperament. All that is going to overflow of a life that's focused on the negative. But when I get over here and I start focusing on the Lord, Lord, I know I have problems, but you're still good. I know I have trouble, but you're still faithful. I know that, that I'm broke, but you own the cattle you own the cattle on a thousand hills. And I know that you, your ways are higher than my ways. I know I've been sick, but you're still my healer. And when I start focusing on what he is and who he is and what's going on in my life, you know what will start to overflow? The joy of the Lord. How can you be happy? You've got all kinds of problems. Yes, I know, but my God is good. My God is faithful. I know i got problems, and I know I've been sick, and my kids have been sick, but I can dance before the Lord because He's still my healer. Whether He heals me today or not, He's still my healer. It's up to you. It's up to you to decide what's going to overflow out of you. Because what overflows out of you will be David understood this, or Paul understood this. Because it is within this relationship that I commune with him and he communes with me. And within that relationship that has been sealed and completed through worship, he knows me and I know him. Knows him. He knows me the way the Bible defines knowing. And it, it, it Paul wrote to the church of Philippi in, in, in chapter 3, verse 10, he said, That I may know him and the power of his resurrection. That I may share in his suffering and become like him in his death. That knowing is not just an acquaintance, that knowing is understanding who He is, how He operates. It's the same knowing that defines the connection between a husband and a wife. Knows. He knows me. That I am in that relationship. Or in a relationship sealed with Him. So why does worship release the power of God? Because our worship Worship is expressing 
not just about talking my talk. It's not just the words that I say. Worship is about giving my life. Worship is about giving everything What worship is. Worship is how I give back. It's the only way I can give back to a God that has everything, a God that knows everything, that sees everything, that is everything. I mean, we're talking about Alpha and Omega. Revelations 1 8 says, He said, I am the Alpha and Omega. That's not just the thing. That's the beginning and the ending of the Greek alphabet. There is a powerful message in that all by itself. That means everything that falls in the Greek, which is the original language of Scripture, everything that falls and that's written, every word spoken, falls in His control. He is the beginning and the end. The doctors don't have the last word. Alpha and Omega says the Lord, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. He is the Almighty. What can I offer Him? The only thing He Truly, the only thing God has ever desired has been you. It's why Jesus lived and preached and taught, and it's why He died and it's why He rose again. Why? Because He wanted you. He desired you. He's always They're never too far gone. The darkness is never too dark. The distance is never too great. Because Paul wrote in Romans 8.38, nothing separates us from the love of God. Nothing, not life, not death, not fear, not nothing separates Because all he's ever wanted Implore you. That's the strongest language Paul could think of. If I could shake you, I would shake you. But I implore you, I beg you, by the mercies of God, that mercy that is everlasting, that mercy that knows no end, that mercy that is not earned but freely given. This, 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 this,
bones and the, the tissue and the muscles and the tendons and the blood and the organs and all the things that make this body, the flesh, and, and all the things that make this body what it is, was made so that he could live in you. That he could abide in you, not just with you, not just around you, but in you. Could lead you and guide you and direct you. This vessel presents this body. Myself, everything that I am, present your body as a living Red like crystal, he shall be white like He was to be holy, for my he, your creator, is acceptable. How can I be acceptable? Because the only thing he's ever wanted is me. goes on and he says, this is your spiritual worship. Giving this, you point to yourself, giving this back to God. The God who breathed air into your lungs. The God that gave sight to your eyes. Hearing to your ears. Sound to your vocal cords. Rhythm to your heart. Give this Kids, my job, my 
business. You can go on and on. I want, want worship, giving it back. Everything that makes me who I am, everything that He has given me, I give it back to Him. Absolutely. Why? Why is there anointing in somebody that is given power? Almost killed our son. 
I can understand that he didn't go through it just because God provided a lamb, but still, this was too much for a mother. A mother who waited over 90 years to see the promise of a child. A mother who tried to take matters into her own hands with Hagar and Ishmael and paid bills. A mother who held and nursed and loved that baby like I couldn't. Finally, I heard Abel. Sarah, my love, what is you? I witnessed everything. I witnessed taking my. I witnessed. I couldn't get the word out. I don't know. I replied to the angry little demon. I don't know what to do. But I have just begun to see. That I have kicked and screamed. That I have bargained with you. Abraham, I said, I would like to think that I would again. But I just can't. I spied on my husband and told him to. Why wasn't my faith strong? Why couldn't I be as confident that God was a God of mercy and grace? I even laughed when God told us that I would give birth to him. I laughed in God's face as if anything is too hard to take my life. I wiped the tears. Came to my a baby, and stared into the eyes of my husband. Why did you do it? Help me understand so that I can become one of you. Teach me how you should obey God in the church, including that of sacrifice and Why did you do it? Abraham turned his face into a strong wall and whispered to me, because I will withhold A principle or a law in Scripture called the law or principle of faith and works. And what it does is teaches us that the first mention of a word or a phrase or a truth in the Bible determines its meaning throughout the rest of Scripture. In Genesis 22 and 5, the first place the word worship ever shows up in Scripture. So if you follow the law of first mention, that principle tells us 
what worship is really about. It's about giving Abraham understood the principle taking what God had given him and giving it back to God. It's holding Definition that would mean all he ever saw was people who sang and played in heaven. No. That's not what he meant at all. The statement that Jesus made when the Father took place to worship him, he was simply saying, Everything that you are, everything that I've given you, everything that I've blessed you with, just give it to me. Just present it to me as a living sacrifice. And in my righteousness, I'll make it holy. I'll accept it because I, I've always accepted the brokenness of humanity. I just want you. That's all I wanted is you. That's why I came, because I want you. I wonder if there is anybody in this place that you want to come step out where you're at. Representing it all. 